0: Welcome to a bonus edition of the Fucking Brave Podcast, where we don't feel the least bit brave.
1: What are you drinking tonight, Michaela? I'm drinking a lovely red wine that we got from Costco. Montepucciano. Yes. What are you drinking?
0: Same thing. Yeah. Dark like my feelings right now. <laughs> That was was dark. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If you have not listened to On Risk and Reward, I highly recommend that you take a minute to go and listen to that podcast because this one is the sequel to that, where we have made our decision about risk versus reward, and it sucks.
1: It really, yeah, it really sucks. But also since we made the decision, everything that has happened after that, has sort of backed up why the choice that we made was correct, which just felt really good. What choice did we make, Mika? We chose to not go to South Africa, yeah. Yeah, that was
0: pretty rough. Mm-hmm. It was something that we had been dreaming about. Held the night before I had been laying in bed reading our guidebook, about all the different varietals of wine and the different foods. And I showed you all the hiking trails on table rock mountain and yeah. Yeah. It all
1: happened so fast. But
0: yeah, we made the, we made the decision not long after we finished the last podcast. And then what was the final straw? What happened after the podcast? Oh, that's you. That's all you love. You had a conversation
1: with someone who was on the ground. Uh, Not on the ground, but is friends with a lot of people who are currently in South Africa. And, yeah, it was really kind of the final straw, I think, for for both of us. Yeah, he basically said, in so many words, do not go. Mm Mm-hmm. Gave us information about riders who are currently there. Who are trying to leave, who have tested positive. Who are looking for alternate routes home, so flying to different locations to stay there for two weeks and then fly to their respective homes
0: so it was really nice to have that advice and that insight and i think it was the confirmation that you and i needed that that really wasn't a good choice
1: um yeah and and this person that that we're talking about is somebody who is is definitely like in the know when it comes to the kiteboarding community so i think this information we could trust
0: yeah And then Saturday morning, we woke up and had to do the really difficult work of unplanning a trip. And we had to call the airline, contact anything that we had booked, our accommodations, our car rental, and and undo it all. And that brought about a really big sad,
1: like a really big sad. How's that sad feeling right now? It's feeling it's feeling, feeling. pretty shit.
0: Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it, it, we, we other than making phone calls, and I did go to the farmer's market with some sweet friends of mine who dragged me out of the house, but I was in a daze the whole time. Other than that, we pretty much laid in bed yesterday. And if you know us at all, we are not two people <laughs>
1: to lay in bed. Yeah, we woke up this morning and the house looks like looked like two depressed people had been living in it.
0: Yeah. Every dish in the house was dirty, there were clothes turned everywhere. The bathroom had towels on the floor. It just was it was bad.
1: I personally allowed myself that space to be sad and gave myself a lot of grace for twenty four hours. I think you need to give yourself grace for more
0: than 24 hours later. Yeah,
1: but, like, I allowed myself to, like, get a milkshake yesterday, which... Definitely. We did leave the house for a milkshake and some poke. Yeah. But I, um, like, milkshakes, I don't drink them anymore because they oftentimes will make me sick. Or they. I just don't feel good when I drink them. And I was like, screwing. I'm getting a milkshake today. Yeah. Like, it was just one of those days where you gave yourself a lot of grace. And everything that we wanted, we did. Yeah. Watch TV, just listen to our bodies. And I cried a lot. Yeah. yeah. And Link was at his
0: dad's. Um, so it was nice to also have that space to be able to do that um, and not have to parent. That was a luxury for sure. Called some friends, called a lot of friends, texted a lot of people today has felt easier. Um, particularly because last night late the U S travel department finally issued a level four warning for South Africa, which doesn't mean a lot because in in the grander scheme of is this variant dangerous or not, did it originate in South Africa? Should we be closing our borders? So then that's all like complicated political, not conversation for this podcast, but we have had those discussions here in our home. But so they issue that warning saying don't go, which was hopeful, like that was a tick in the, Column of, well,
1: and and we one of the right choice, yeah. One of the things logistically for us, what what that call meant that they bumped it up to a level four is that pretty much any trip insurance we would have been able to get. Well, the trip insurance we did have, even was um, void. Was void if you traveled when there's a do not travel notice out. So
0: so that was that was reassuring, and we went to bed and. I woke up really early this morning, probably about 5 a.m., laid in bed for a while, trying to go back to sleep. Finally looked at my phone and saw a text from the competition organizers, which is why we were traveling to South Africa for Michaela to compete. And...
1: Yeah, and they made the choice to postpone the competition sort of open-endedly. There's not a for-sure date on when they'll run it. Um, They notified us that when they do decide to hold it, they'll give us six days' notice, which... A minimum six days'
0: notice, so hopefully it'll be... A little bit more. ...more than that. I can't imagine. They expect most people to show up in six days, but...
1: Yeah. But anyway, there's just been, like, kind of a lot of things that have, like, reaffirmed... That we made the right choice. Our choices, yeah. hmm
0: But that has not alleviated an ounce of the feelings that have come with us. And what's been really interesting is I know we're mostly talking about sad, but I have felt an incredible amount of anger as well.
1: I feel like sadness and anger are often pretty intertwined. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. One hundred percent.
1: Not always,
0: but well, and and most of yesterday it would feel, it would be feel really angry and then feel sad and cry Mm
1: -hmm. and then feel
0: really angry and then feel sad and cry. Yeah. And that kind of happened two or three times.
1: I think for me, something that has helped me, I mean, maybe not move through the sad, but move past the sad, has also been this notion that we are home and yeah. we're together and we're not scrambling to get out of a country. We're not I put it to stuck w- in an airport in, in the middle of the yeah, trip. Yeah, we're not
0: mid-travel. We got to make these decisions before we went. I... I It put it so eloquently to a friend of mine that said, it's nice to be home and not trying to leave a home and get home, which is what happened when we were leaving our home in Australia when COVID first hit and we had to get back stateside where we didn't live, but that was going to be home in a very short timeline, very similar timeline to what we've been dealing with this time.
1: And so we we have a lot of trauma because of that. I think we also have a lot of insight from that experience, though.
0: You know, and I think there's something to be said from that, that definitely like from all of that pain and from all of that sad, we do have wisdom and knowledge. And one of my friends said this, who was supposed to come in house that she said that um, from trauma comes something that a lot of veterans will talk about, which is post-trauma growth, Mm -hmm. PTG. We talk about PTSD. She said to not call it PTSD because it's not a disorder. It's normal. To feel that trauma from stress, um, but that then we have the post-trauma growth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely think that we, oh, as unfortunate as our experiences have been around having to make these last-minute choices, I think that our experience from Australia has really had had really played a large part in our decision-making around this. And and while this is sad. It's definitely much less much less sad than when we left us. Australia. Yeah. But I think in some ways it, it that experience previously leaving Australia gave us insight into extrapolating what was going on now cuz we right. didn't have a lot of information. We weren't exactly sure what was going to happen, but we were more sure of the possible outcome being what it has has turned into.
0: Mm -hmm. than
1: we were in Australia when we didn't have that previous experience.
0: Yeah. And the other person who's been very sad is the boy. He's had a bit of a go as well. Um, He's also angry. He's really angry. Um, He feels mad that we built up his hopes and now we can't go, which we get. That's totally a reasonable place for a 10-year-old to sit. We're actually made the choice to keep him home from school tomorrow um, just to give him one more day of downtime and also to talk sincerely with his teacher about hey, like, Link is going to come back to school. It's not going to feel good when he's told everyone he's going to go see penguins and be gone for six weeks. You know, how do we help him with that transition? Because while we as adults can
1: move through that, kids don't always get it. No, and he's at an age where kids are starting to tease and bully and
0: well and just and just not understand and then be very vocal and uh, I want to use the word rude but I don't necessarily mean rude but just very vocal when they don't understand like well that can't be how that happens
1: right right. you know
0: and Lincoln has been very eloquent at, at expressing his fears about these things so we're just gonna we're gonna take tomorrow to like spend the day as a family of three and and reset and and move through the sad yeah. Sit around and be sad together. Yeah. But also
1: like not stay in the sad. No, but I think allowing ourselves the space and the time and the and the grace to mm-hmm. sit in the sad and to move through the sad is certainly a lot better than just like pretending it's not sad and like going about our day as normal tomorrow. Right.
0: I think giving all of us a little bit more time to process. And we're slowly going to clip back into normal. I mean, Lincoln will go to school on Tuesday. You'll resume work. I'm going to start working again probably Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. But, yeah, it's been really nice to have this time to breathe and feel. Right now um, it's 8.43 p.m. We're supposed to be leaving for the airport in
1: about 15 minutes. Yeah. So. There's more tears bubbling up around that one. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Moving through sad is not easy. No. And it was something that we felt was important to talk about on here, but also just make a lot of
0: space for it in our family. Yeah. We've always done a good job of that, I feel like, of that sad belongs and sad's important, and just as much as we treasure the happy, we have to honor and make space for sad. This is really dumb. <laughs> yeah. So. Um,
1: Don't feel very brave tonight. No. Feel pretty run down. One of the. Again, I, I mentioned on the last podcast that I really looked toward analogies and, and sort of carrying through the analogy I was using in the last podcast, uh, risk first reward. I want to kind of bring it for, for myself to also talk through it back around to this idea of climbing a mountain and what it feels like during the process of climbing a mountain to have to evaluate that risk and reward and make the hard call to turn around before you reach the summit because for me at least it feels very similar where the potential reward is is essentially lost uh and it's sad and it's hard and you have to show up to all your friends the next day and say I didn't do the thing that I said I was going to go do or that I set out to do and it's interesting for me around mountains one of the philosophies I started to adopt was actually not telling people that I was going to go do it other than those necessary to be able to call search and rescue should something happen but I yeah I I stopped telling people that I was going to climb mountains because during the climb I didn't want the pressure of knowing that people were expecting me to climb the mountain to influence my decisions for one And for two, if I didn't actually reach the summit, it made the hurt a little bit less. And I think that that's one of the things that I'm having to move through in this experience right now is that the whole world knew.
0: Yeah, I mean, you fundraised for this. You raised $2,900. Hell, you were to go post your I'm not going... Update to your GoFundMe, and you realize you'd just gotten another donation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sponsorship. Sorry. You'd gotten another sponsorship.
1: Yeah. And so it's just, it's like, man, not only was it, like, my friends in town who knew I was going to go climb the mountain, but it's, like, everybody. And people, like, supported me and, like, are relying on me to go do this thing, and then I had to turn around.
0: And I will say that one of the things that has been remarkable here is that I have not encountered, and I don't believe that you have encountered, anyone who has said you're stupid for not going. Not a single person. Everyone has been very supportive and understanding that it's just, it's just not now.
1: Yeah. And and not that it will never be. No. I posted on Facebook
0: about the pile of stuff next to my bed and I said that I wasn't going to go see the places in my Cape Town guidebook but I put yet as well like we will go to Cape Town this is not a shadow of doubt within my mind that we will go to Cape Town it's just not going to be tonight
1: and I think in the end we really did make the right call I think well I know we made the right call and, and we did a brilliant job of evaluating of, I guess, reevaluating the risk and everything post decision has led to the fact that we made the right call and now we're just left with moving through the sad. Yeah. So we're finding ways to stay
0: positive, uh, not toxic positivity, not glossed over. Um, we talked about the things that we were thankful for at dinner tonight because. We still have thankfulness. We bought this ridiculous wine advent calendar at Costco that now we get to open because we're here. And I don't know, started thinking, thinking ahead and moving through it and staying
1: present and making plans. And I think that I think staying present is a big piece of it. Yep. Like focusing on what you're grateful for, and yeah, and just uh, and doing the
0: next thing, and we're gonna reenter routine, and
1: and and respecting the sad that exists around the path that's no longer happening, but also trying to find the beauty and the joy in the path that we're now on. Mm-hmm. And I get to train, I get to put my time in and put the work in and get better, and I'm only gonna show up to the next competition better than I am now. And we're going to put together a sick edit for you here in Maui,
0: which we've been needing to do anyways. Yeah, it's really media.
1: As, as much of a bummer as it is. And, and again, that sad needs to be held and respected and moved through. There's also there's also a silver lining. And I think everything happens for a reason. And maybe that's to be determined. But yeah, we'll only well, know when we know. <laughs>
0: That's what we got for you tonight. Two sad lumps moving forward. That love you all lots. Well, three if you count the one that's in bed. True. He loves you too. Yeah. So my loves, stay wild, be as brave as you can, even if that means staying
1: in bed all day. That's fucking brave. That is. Choosing to like move through sad is absolutely fucking brave. Yeah. Yeah. Love you. You know where to reach us if you want to find us. Good night.